Hi, I'm Johanna Ferreira, content director of Pop Sugar Juntos. Juntos is all about celebrating Latin A culture, pride, our many intersectional identities, and joy. Thanks to support from Prime, there's so much to get into over at Juntos this month. From conversations with the Latin A minds behind our favorite new movies and resurrected TV shows, to thoughtful celebrity commentary and exclusive interviews with some of the biggest Latin music artists today. And it doesn't stop there. Get more of the music, movies, and shopping you love on Prime. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more of whatever you're into from streaming to shopping. And get all of our latest coverage at PopSugar.com slash Juntos. Con amor, Johanna. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The Cut. The Cut. The Cut. The Cut. The Cut. cut. Months of lockdown made so much of our lives feel frozen in time. But not us. And not our bodies. We've kept aging, which meant a lot of people looked around during lockdown and decided to seize the moment. During the pandemic, you saw a lot of news reports that would talk about local fertility clinics seeing a, a big rise in demand, marketing egg freezing to people. Anna Louise Sussman is a reporter on gender, reproduction, and economics. Some of the reasons they gave were people weren't dating as much. It was much harder to meet people. People felt like their lives were on pause and they weren't weren't moving forward. And so they wanted to be, you know, proactive about their future. And egg freezing is already a part of the cultural conversation with people like the Kardashians. So I've been thinking about freezing my eggs. Are you serious? You want another kid? What if I do, though? I don't know what I want. And that's great when you've got Kardashian money or when you live in California, where 10 out of the 50 busiest fertility clinics in the U.S. are located. But access and affordability always come into question. To have kids right now, to even think about freezing eggs, is an expensive proposition. You've got to have means. Standalone egg freezing studios in the U.S., it's about $6,500 to nine or $10,000 for the procedure. But there are other ancillary costs like medications, which can be anywhere from three dollars to $5,000. And there's also a lot of testing and other kind of poking and prodding that goes into it that you might be charged for. And there's also storage costs that come after the eggs are frozen. You'll pay an annual storage fee between $300, $500, $600. So many people are simply priced out. Sure, they could be an egg donor for people who could afford IVF and all the other stuff that goes along with conceiving that way. But freezing their own eggs? Nah, that's for people who make a lot more money. But what if there was a way to do both at the same time? to use egg donation as a ticket to egg freezing. For The Cut, Anna wrote about egg freeze and share programs. Someone would undergo egg freezing for free and um, give away half her eggs and freeze the other half. The recipient of half of the donor's eggs picks up the cost for everything, 
procedures, testing, all of it. Dr. Amy, who I spoke to, runs probably the most well-known freeze and share program. She speaks about it a lot. Her clinic offers five years for free. And after that, something like $275 a year for storage. That's so much pressure. It's like I, I would need five years to get my shit together. Oh, I've been paying since I was 34. And every year when the bill comes, I just think, oh, another year. (laughs) (laughs) Fertility specialist Dr. Amy Ivazade started her Freeze and Share program out of frustration. Freeze and Share actually came out of a situation where I had a 40-year-old patient who was an egg donor when she was 20, Mm -hmm. and she needed an egg donor herself. And then I, I just said, enough's enough. If only the donor had had a way to set aside some of their eggs when they were in their 20s. Well, Dr. Amy and other programs like hers is that way. And with arguably problematic marketing that says things like preserve your options and freeze time, there's an increased demand. You're going to run out of eggs. Every single woman does. And sometimes they run out before they're done having kids. Mm -hmm. I started in my practice, the average age of first time birth in the Bay Area was around like 31 or 32. Mm -hmm. And continuing to creep up where mm-hmm. I'm seeing more and more patients who are 50 to 54 now more than ever before. And the patients are now coming in wanting their first baby at between 41 and 44. So it's definitely um, a trend that is changing and changing rapidly. So how does this work? Well, the donor must undergo hormone stimulation, where a doctor hyperstimulates the production and the maturation of multiple eggs in one given menstrual cycle. And the hope of the doctor is that 15 to 20 eggs are made. Because remember, half of the eggs go to the donor and the other half goes to the recipient. My rule is 10. My last reason, share she made 15 mature eggs and we split them half and half. And if there's an odd number, the recipient gets the extra egg. If it's less than 10 mature eggs, I will not split them. Mm-hmm. Then the egg donor will get at no cost to herself another egg freeze for her. It's a physically involved process that can take up to two weeks with costs that can end up in the $30,000 range. And all of this, the time, the money, the meetings, the negotiations, the emotional labor, the physical prodding for just a couple of eggs. Your body will kind of select the like juiciest, ripest egg and, you know, bring it, grow it to maturity. I, I think the scale of it is even more of a head trip when you think about the fact that they're barely visible to the naked eye and they cost that much money. They're so tiny and yet so expensive. And beyond economic access, Frisian Share puts the idea of planning in front of people who may not be thinking that far ahead. People in their early 20s looking to make extra money may someday be people in their 40s ready to have children. Remember Dr. Amy's patient, the one who was a donor and then had to use a donor? And for the recipient families, Dr. Amy sees no drawbacks. I think sometimes people read these like scary stories or they've seen these scary movies where mm-hmm. like, you know, the husband runs off with the egg donor or something stupid mm-hmm. like that, which never, ever happened. But I think sometimes people are scared of things that aren't a reality. And the reality is actually mm-hmm. really beautiful. So while there are these fantastical concerns, Anna brings up more tangible concerns for those donating and freezing their eggs. There's the possibility that if you can't afford egg freezing in your mid to late 20s, you may not be able to afford the cost of doing IVF using the eggs later on. Ultimately, creating a class-based market for egg donation, which only the wealthy can have children that way, which feels bleak. And 
if for some reason there is some mishap or the eggs that you froze don't work later on or there's a, you know, clinic malfunction. Or an even bigger problem. The program is all about increasing accessibility, but it's also about desirability. So someone can go through the process, meet a recipient family, and just not be what they're looking for. And just like that, they can't use the program. Like sperm donation, it is a market. There are more quote-unquote desirable candidates and attributes that people are looking for. And for some reason, you don't match with what the paying patient is looking for. It's not going to work for you. And there's also the question of how attached one is to their genetic material. After all, the point of that egg that you donated is that it becomes a human being, one that's half you. Turns out, a lot of donors do care, but many also don't. After the break, the cost of giving away your egg. To be a part of an egg freeze and share program, there are infinite processes that one must go through, not just physical. They always had a psychologist talk to me. Reporter Anna Louise Sussman spoke to Anna Lyon for her story. Lyon made her first egg donation a few months after graduating from college. Usually they sort of ask the same questions like, are you going to feel like a mom? Are you going to feel upset if they have your genetic children? And then later in life, you can't have your genetic children. Mm -hmm. And there's kind of like a scripted set of answers Mm -hmm. that I think donors use, that I used, right? Which, Which have sort of been fed to you from your agency. Because when you sign up and you ask questions about being a donor, they sort of give you these lines. Like, well, most of our girls say Mm-hmm. It's just, like, I was going to flush it down the toilet anyway, so mm-hmm. why don't I give it to somebody else who can use it? Did you feel that way? I felt like when I was answering those questions, I I don't think I really thought about it super critically at the time. I was in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. I was super bought into the narratives that industry people would give me. So I kind of repeated them without really digging into how it felt in my heart. And I think I'm just too young, right? Like right. at 21, I was not in any way worried mm-hmm. that I would someday struggle to conceive mm-hmm. my own children. Whereas, you know, the cycle I just did at 29, mm-hmm. I did a freeze and share because I had become worried about that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of those kinds of questions are sort of unfathomable when yeah. you're 18 or 21. Yeah. So I just said what I was supposed to say. And I didn't want to get screened out, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like mm-hmm. I had a strong longing to be the mom of my donor children or anything. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like dishonest of me to be like, no, Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm going to feel like a mom. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I also felt like it would not have been savvy to like really dig into the emotional complexities that Mm -hmm. I could potentially feel. The one question that really got me, it was the only question that ever made me sort of stop and feel like I did need to dig into it a little Mm -hmm. bit. was my fifth cycle. And she said something about how if the child needed an organ transplant, Mm. the family, it was their policy that the family could reach out and ask me for an organ. In her earlier cycles of donation, Lyon was an anonymous donor, even though she wanted it to be open. But now that she's participating in the Freeze and Share program, she is allowed to be an open donor so she can know about the future children that come from her eggs. Lion's freeze and share donation hasn't resulted in any children yet. It's been too recent. But in a lovely twist, 
Lion did recently receive news about an egg donation from a few years ago. My phone went off and I opened it and I got this message saying like, thank you so much for what you've done for me. My child was born, he's healthy. I'm so grateful to you. And I just started weeping. I felt like filled with joy in a way that I never have before. And I was just like weeping about it. She wept because it was the first time she'd received any news about the outcome of one of her eggs. And just learning a few details allowed her to envision who the child was. Because I feel a sense of responsibility Mm -hmm. that I'm, you know, creating children into the hands of, of people I think should be raising children. How was the pregnancy of the the first couple? Was everything healthy? How was the birth and stuff? Yeah, so I did not follow along. Ryan Moody is an engineer in her 20s who's donated her eggs twice through a freezing share program. And she takes the meeting process very seriously because while she wasn't engaged in the birthing process, she did want the child to be born and raised in a loving and tolerant home. Hey, are you good people? And do we have similar values and that kind of stuff? But also the question of like, what would you do if your child ended up loving somebody that you didn't want? Or, Mm -hmm. hey, what would you do if your child was not the gender that you wanted? Just to kind of ensure that we were similar. Mm -hmm. See, Ryan didn't want money. As a Black woman and a descendant of American slavery, the idea of exchanging her genetic material for money felt icky. She didn't want to be part of a commercial transaction. She didn't want the child to feel that way in the future. So the prospect of getting half of her eggs frozen seemed less icky. I had kind of tried to communicate that the only reason I wanted to do this was for me to have my own donation cycle at no cost. It was less about, like, can I have this money in my pocket, you know? Mm -hmm. So while Ryan wasn't emotionally connected to her eggs, she did want to respect her ancestry. She talked to Anna Louise Sussman about the experience of flying out to meet a child that was born from her donation. Probably of the, like, hour and a half we spent together, at first I did not even try to, like, look at their child, where I was like, I'm only interested in you two as the parents, you know? (laughs) And so I was, like, asking them about their current life and Mm -hmm. how they've been doing, like, everything Mm -hmm. that did not have to do with a baby, you know? (laughs) Which is like, you know, that's the only reason I'm, like, here is because we share this child in common in some kind of way. But, like, trying to focus on things that have nothing to do with Mm -hmm. their kid. How did it feel for you to, to see the baby? Mm-hmm. Truly, I mean, it felt like seeing a baby. 
What surprised Ryan the most was her reaction to the whole experience. It made me want to have a biological kid more, you know, which was interesting. I was very, like, not interested at all previously, and now I'm just like, oh, that's kind of cool to, like, like the miracle of life, you know? (laughs) It made me think a lot about that. Mm -hmm. Um, Gosh, I still don't want to be pregnant, especially Mm -hmm. after hearing graphic details of her birth story. But yeah, it, it really did make me think of sort of the miracle of life. But Ryan is mindful of her output. So first family wants two kids, second mm-hmm. family wants two kids, mm-hmm. you know, maybe this third family wants two and then, you know, say something crazy happens and then I want two kids of my own, you know, it's right. like, <laughs> just need to think about how many people I'm putting in the world, I think. It's grown by leaps and bounds, but from a very small base. Anna Louise Sussman again. So it's something like 20 to 25 percent growth per year, but you're starting from kind of a minuscule number. So I think the last data I saw was something like 16 or 18,000 women in the U.S. had frozen their eggs. One doctor pointed out to me something that was very interesting, which was he started a freeze and share at his program because he needed more egg donors for his patients, his infertile patients. Um, but because his program also offers a... Um, 0% interest monthly payment plan for egg freezing. Um, most people who wanted to freeze their eggs went with that program rather than taking advantage of the freeze and share option, because in his view, they want their eggs and they want all of them. And if they can pay over time with no interest, they would rather do that. I don't know. I don't know if I have the gumption to walk around the Upper East Side and potentially see like a dorky black kid with vision problems and be like, oh, that could quite possibly be my biological child. I don't, I don't know. I think it really depends on the person. So you can get these unexpected issues or unanticipated situations, depending on what your relationship is to your genetic material and to the people who were the recipients of it. But, you know, it's still a fairly novel technology. A fairly novel technology that's created a path for the wealthy to have children while possibly leaving those without money behind. People are definitely thinking hard about how to bring this to more people. That presents a new kind of ethical choice for the people to whom it's targeted. This episode was produced by myself and Noor Buzidi. Edited by Jolie Myers. Executive produced by Hannah Rosen and Nishat Kerwal. Mixed by Alex Higgins. Special thanks to Anna Louise Sussman and Jasmine Aguilera. We are a product of New York Magazine. Subscribe today to support all their work at thecut.com slash subscribe. I'm B.A. Parker. Thanks for listening. <laughs>